Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, police surveillance and protests, whole body disinfection at the airport, and a new report that says there may actually be alien life somewhere out there in the universe after all. All this and more coming up. Amazon recently stopped allowing police to use its facial recognition software, at least temporarily, in response to nationwide pressure on tech companies to address potential bias. Washington Post reports IBM and Microsoft are also now saying they'll put providing the technology on hold for police use until there are federal laws on the matter. The technology has been controversial for quite some time for several reasons, including one that's particularly relevant as the Black Lives Matter movement continues to inspire protests. That's because it's been shown to provide inaccurate results when analyzing images of people with darker skin. There are also civil liberties concerns about what databases are being used to come up with matches for crime suspects. So this week, we talked about facial recognition and and other police surveillance technology with criminal justice studies professor Dr. David Lacotte from the University of Akron. A few summers ago, we had the opportunity with the Northern Ohio Violent Crime Consortium, I'm a research partner with that consortium, to travel to New York State to look at their crime analysis centers. They're considerably more advanced than we here are here at Ohio, in, using data, I should say, and, and there's centers in, in Buffalo and Rochester. You know, you go into them and they look like something out of a movie. And they have license plate reader technology. They had what was called shot spotter technology. So if you hear gunshots go off in a community, you would be made aware of where those shots are. And they had many video cameras. So if a shot would go off, the video cameras would go to the location where the shot went off and license plate readers would read people's license plates. Facial recognition, still not ubiquitous in policing or anywhere near ubiquitous, but it can be used. I mean, it was rolled out about a decade ago and used at a Super Bowl for the first time. So it's it's not long until we're going to see that. Drone technology, we have the ability essentially to record our cities in some cases, like New York City in particular, and literally if an event occurs, you can kind of roll back the tape because there's so many security cameras available and see exactly where someone who maybe robbed a convenience store, where they actually came from. So technology is only going to, the use is only going to increase. So along with that, we have to increase the safeguards we have for civil liberties and in our policies and procedures on how to use that as well. But in terms of facial recognition, it's there. I know that it's widely used. I think license plate readers and shot spotters probably use much, much more than facial recognition. But, you know, as, as time marches on, we're going to see these technologies used increasingly. There's some new evidence this week of China trying to use and abuse its influence on the Internet. CBS's Steve Kathan has more. The video app company Zoom says it suspended the accounts of two U.S.-based activists and one in Hong Kong at the request of the Chinese government. This happened around the time of the Tiananmen Square anniversary. Zoom says they've been reinstated and insists it won't take action like that outside of China again. Meantime, Twitter says it's removed more than 170,000 accounts linked to a Chinese disinformation campaign targeting Hong Kong and the United States. 
Steve Kathan, CBS News. The pandemic is far from over, with the number of cases rising throughout the U.S. and around the world. As a result, in Hong Kong, they're taking some extreme and very high-tech measures at the airport to keep travelers from spreading COVID-19. CBS's Jim Chenevy has the story. The travel industry has been one of the hardest hit during the coronavirus outbreak, and companies are looking for innovative ways to make things safe. One of the most interesting developments is now being tested at the airport in Hong Kong. It's billed as a disinfection booth that can remotely kill COVID-19 on human skin. A person steps into the booth, or sanitizing pod as some are calling it, and in just 40 seconds the machine uses nano needles to destroy any viruses or bacteria on the skin. The interior of this clean tech sanitizing pod has an antimicrobial coating. It also employs photocatalyst technology and nano needles to target harmful bugs. The process then wraps up with a sanitizing spray. Right now, key airport workers and public health staff are using the pods. The airport also employing other safety procedures, including autonomous cleaning robots that use ultraviolet light to kill germs. And that's for your information. I'm Jim Shenaby, CBS News. The auto industry is also feeling the pinch during this pandemic, with plants reopening only after putting some strong new social distancing, sanitation, and other health measures in place. But as Brian Cooley reports, it's not only how they're producing vehicles that's changing, they're also having to rethink what kind of vehicles they're going to produce in the future. Self-driving technology is far from showing any kind of profit and demands vast additional investment. But car makers bleeding money from deep shutdowns may have less fortitude to pursue it while they recover for several years. And many visions of autonomous cars hold that they only really make sense as shared vehicles at a time when it's expected more people will drive their own car to avoid crowded or shared transportation. Connected car tech, however, may get a boost. It's more affordable and doable, and millions of us have become more reliant on online services, some of which we may now expect in our cars. On the other hand, a lot of us may never get back in that car as much now that we've mastered working from home. High-tech cars and modern driving at CoolionCars.com. But the state of Ohio is still betting big on both autonomous and connected car technology. Just this week, in fact, partnering with a software company called Nexar on a pilot project aimed at improving road safety around work zones. It's a big deal because over the past 10 years, there have been almost 60,000 work zone crashes on Ohio roadways, with 14,000 of them resulting in either injuries or death. Nexar's CityStream Insights platform analyzes roadway data from its connected network of artificial intelligence-powered consumer dash cameras. Drive Ohio Communications Director Luke Stedke says they're testing it on State Route 33 between Dublin and East Liberty. Well, we will use it for on the 33 smart mobility corridors for work zone detection and also monitoring the roadway for damage, weather conditions, signage, things of that nature.
The Federal Communications Commission is proposing a $225 million fine for companies involved in robocalls. CBS News correspondent Matt Piper reports. It is the largest fine ever against two health insurance telemarketers for spamming people with 1 billion robocalls. The Federal Communications Commission says John Spiller and Jacob Mears made the massive load of mass calls through two businesses they controlled. The robocalls claim to offer health plans for major insurers like Aetna and United Health with an automated message. But if consumers pressed a button for more information, they were transferred to a call center that sold plans not connected to those companies. Matt Piper, CBS News. But while all that sounds pretty promising, don't bet the ranch yet that the money will ever change hands. CNN reports big fines imposed by the FCC don't always get collected because enforcement is actually up to the Justice Department and they don't always follow through. Also this week, a new study suggests we may not be alone in the universe. CBS News correspondent Vicki Barker explains. Space, the final frontier. The Starship Enterprise's mission was to seek out new life and new civilizations. Well, 36. That's the latest estimate of the number of planets with intelligent life that may be out there. It's five-year mission. Captain Kirk's mission may take longer than five years, though. The astrophysicists reckon most of these planets would take about 17,000 years to reach, traveling at the speed of light, which is currently impossible. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy. And we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5 1590 WAKR and WAKR.net.